Hello and welcome to WonderPod, episode 294. A uh, bit of a change this week. We may have mentioned it previous shows. I'm not sure, but uh, from now on, Glacinator is going to be pretty hit or miss. He's gone back to school to take some classes on various things. <laughs> I'm saying various things because I actually didn't fucking bother to ask him what it was. Uh, so some nights he might be here, some nights he's not. Uh, tonight he's not. Uh, but we'll, we'll try to get it figured out as we go along. But... Fresh off of his tropical vacation, he's he's back <laughs> in a place that's not so tropical. It's John. Hey, hey everybody, Rogers. Looking forward to our weather pod uh, intro. So yeah, it's uh, it was in the low thirties, mid mid thirties in Jamaica, and now I'm sitting under more than thirty centimeters of snow instead. So it's uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a switch, man. I wasn't fast enough with the noisy keyboard unit. At mouse unit to figure it out, but I think 30s is probably what it is here right now. I mean, I'm comfortably in shorts and a t-shirt, but it's 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 changing. This this for California has been a spring. I my my memory's getting just shitty enough that I couldn't give you an exact year. And of course, people are gonna go, oh, global warming, oh, the fucking 27 year drought that politicians keep adding a year to every four months. So that they can pass legislation that they want to pass, whether there was a drought or not. Um, <laughs> pricks. That um, <laughs> and not all of it's bad legislation, but don't give me it. Don't lie to me. Don't give me your horseshit that this oh, I'm, it's a drought. We're gonna save people. No, you're not. You're just trying to fucking make a small group that put you in office happy. Pricks. If you'd say that, I'd be like, hey, fine, fucking tear it up. Um, whatever floats your boat. It's not like I got any control over what you're doing with my tax dollars anyway. Um, but this this has been a what I would call a typical California spring for my teens and 20s. Mm -hmm. We've kind of moved into this pattern where it's a unsettled, I would say. It's not getting real cold again. But it's well, real cold for us. I gotta remember, I'm I'm sitting here with John, who lives in a place that's actually cold that you wouldn't uh -huh. pay for ten thousand zillion dollars in the wintertime. Because I'm a pussy. Uh, <laughs> I don't like being super cold. Um, so what you're saying is I should I shouldn't keep this, the uh, the uh, the guest bed uh, made for you. Is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, in that small window of summertime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that last that that the the last week of July, first week of August. That's about that's about well, I mean, your window. You know, jokingly, joke jokes aside, that uh, the time I went to Yellowknife up there on the Great Slave Lake, it was like you know, they're like, yeah, welcome to summer. It's here for about two weeks, and I and it, and it was like you know, a couple degrees above freezing in the morning, and maybe getting up to yeah, you know, and it's like. Well, more power to you. You fuckers are more hardy than I am. Now, I mean, once I'm in the cold, I get used to it. Sure, yeah. You know, and all that fun stuff. And I don't have a problem with it. It's just it's just not someplace I want to live permanently. It's just not my thing. But back to what I was going to say is, and so we're getting like these, you know, like tomorrow. It's supposed to rain for like a day and be mostly thunderstorms. And we've had a couple pretty good size again for California. And, uh, thunderstorm, you know, cells and squalls and... I mean, for what my day job is, it's great because it means we can push irrigation back, which saves money. And, and you know, the uh, things that cattle feed on that, that don't get irrigated, what we would call ranges. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make it in common speech and making myself sound really stupid in the process. You know, stays green a little longer before it dries out. And, and so, I mean, it's 
I don't think overall the state of California has got enough water to to be free and clear of the drought, but mm-hmm. I'm a selfish prick. Where I live, it's doing pretty good. So you know what? Fuck them. I'm pretty happy. But I, I kind of like this. It's why I'm drawn to places like like Seattle, more further north of us, and Vancouver, and I, I think even where Pat lives in Calgary. I kind of like a little bit more of an unsettled weather pattern. To mm-hmm. again with my without it getting too cold, but but just uh, just variety, I guess I would say, you know, not because soon enough it'll be summer here where it's where I'm gonna want to be where you live <laughs> because it's gonna be too <laughs> fucking hot. Yeah. Yeah, we, we certainly get a variety uh, around here as well. Well, you know... To, 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 to a couple of extremes, but yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I do my best not to show it. But one thing people who live in a region always do, and I do it too, so don't think I'm uh, hammering or, 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 or making fun of other people. We all do it is everybody thinks it's the coldest where they live, or it's the hottest where they live, or it's the most miserable where they live. And you know what? (laughs) It kind of is, but at the same time, you know, you can find, no matter where you live, and and I'm sure there's a few exceptions to the rule, you can find places that are hotter and that are colder. It's just we get... We have these periods in life where we're just so sick of what happens in our little local area we live in. <laughs> that how could it be worse anywhere else, you know? That's right. I mean, I, I'm after having lived in the South, I'm happy to have dry dry heat again. It could stay away from getting to, you know, forty five plus in Celsius and hundred and whatever that is is <laughs> in Fahrenheit. Uh, but other than that you know, it's mm-hmm. better than it being close to that with like eight bazillion percent humidity, like where Glacier lives. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah the, humid- the humidity is something that I'm 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 not that comfortable with when 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 I when I experience now the, it's uh, hot or the the really hot humidity. Sorry, it's humid and damp here in Newfoundland all the time. Anyway, right. what I mean is like when it's like suffocatingly warm. It's yeah, yeah, but. Uh, that is an interesting question, though, because, you know, like like in parts of the east I've been in, like Philadelphia around there, it gets warm enough in the summer that you, you know, you kind of have the mix of, of hot with humidity and really cold with humidity. But it doesn't get super warm there. Does it still take you longer to get adjusted to a place that's got higher temps with humidity, even though you're used to dealing with humidity? When we went to Florida, it was pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty damp there, and and certainly the first couple of days in Jamaica, it was, I felt like everything was wet all the time. Um, it, it took me, it would take two days, two three days before I was kind of in the zone of being comfortable in it, you know. Well, and Florida's even more humid than I would say than Alabama. I I went there once when I was living in the South to go uh, do some fly fishing, and. You know, we wear uh, a lot of UV clothing anymore. I mean, I I was I've gotten a lot of sunburns and tans, and probably should have been more careful about my skin earlier than I have been. But a lot of times, it's just because it keeps you cooler too. 
but that stuff also gets wet. Now, it's supposed to be quick drying and all those fancy things that the outdoor clothing companies promise, but most of the time, you'd have to throw them in the dryer when you got done for the day because they, they weren't going to air dry sufficiently to put them back on to go fishing again the next morning. You know, because you don't... That more specialty clothing is expensive, and you don't own 67... Well, I mean, unless you you got more more money than brains, you don't own 67 sets of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And there's nothing worse than being in a humid climate where you're going to go get in the water and just be in damp clothing to begin with. You'd think because it's warmer, it'd be all right, but no, it just it, it wears on you after a whole while. <laughs> and even when you're in the water, it's like... You know, if you're fishing or doing something like that, you're still sweating. You're still doing this and, you know, dealing with the sun. And it's, yeah, I would say Florida was probably more miserable than than Alabama was. Uh, so you you definitely you definitely got that good old su- su- Southern America <laughs> hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, so while John was gone or actually was it was it before you left for vacation? That you went and saw the uh, the cape versus the what the fuck did I say on Facebook? I had a good one. The cape versus the bat. That's what versus the bat. Yeah, no. I, we when um, we we left on Saturday and got back on Sunday afternoon. And Wanda and I took took an extra day off on Monday just to get reacclimatized and you know decompress a bit before going back to work. So on Monday after the vacation, we uh, we took in the movie. So, without spoiling it, obviously, and and I'm not going to have anything to add, so just kind of give your thoughts, and then we'll move on, because God knows we beat this to death enough last week and various other weeks. What were your overall thoughts of the movie, given you've seen all the reviews, we've talked about it, I've made fun of Affleck until even I'm running out of jokes at this point? Mm-hmm. I, um, to be honest, you know, I felt it was it was a lot of movie. But I came out of it feeling like not a lot. It, it didn't affect me very much. Um, like I'm not like not some. I, I guess that too too much too much stuff happened in it to the point that it felt like nothing happened. Like I was just felt numb coming out of it, and it felt very non-impactful. Especially that the that final act with all the 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 big bangs and bops going on. Um, a little bit too Dragon Ball Z style for my liking, to be honest. Uh, but it was. I would say the first third of that movie wasn't bad. Um, the setups, the kind of the big picture questions that they were asking themselves about, you know, it, it kind of continued on from the from Man of Steel. You know, the what is the significance of a Superman in the world, and and then they kind of tie that into what is the significance of a Batman in the world, and <clears throat> you know, so, some of the some of the ways they got through the plot uh, were a little bit whizzy, <laughs> laughable, really, but but it was. It was going along there okay until you know until I guess you know hmm without spoiling it um, well well it's, it's in the trailer so it's fair game right sure why not all right so it's in the trailer if it, uh, when Doomsday shows up it kind of takes a for me it took a pretty well one of the two big um, U-turns that I, I just didn't buy um, but it was a uh, you know. It, it was okay. I, I I felt about the same about it as as I did with Man of Steel. Kind of blah. I don't think some of the motivations and the actions of Batman and super and uh, were of Batman in particular were a bit weird. I thought, you know, for all the joking we've done about Affleck and comments about him and wondering how he'd do, I thought he actually did fine. 
I, I don't think he did too bad at all, though I think the script didn't really write Batman the way I think Batman should be to a degree, um, without getting too specific into what I mean. Well, you know, and it's interesting you say that, and that's why I'm cutting in here for a sec, because Glacianator mm-hmm. and I talked last week. Of course, it was mostly for me to be able to make more jokes, but Affleck is going to direct a Batman standalone. And write it, yeah, as well. And yeah. so we're going to find out whether or not it was the writing or it was him. You know, a lot of people have said that. He's kind of hinted at it. And as much as I've pelted him, he's taken a big gamble doing that. Because if you don't pull it off by yourself, mm-hmm. to the satisfaction of the Batman fans who, like our very own Glacinator, were willing to give this a pass because it didn't ruin Batman forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you're playing in a whole different arena. You ain't got no place to hide. No, no, you know? doesn't. And so we're going to find out. And honestly, again, as much as, as, as for show purposes, and a lot of it not for show purposes because Daredevil's fucking horrible, you, you know, I, I'm willing to give him a fair shot. I, yeah. I, I'm leaning towards it's probably not going to be super great. It's not going to redeem Batman. I still think Bale's better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there's a better than average chance of him doing a, 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 a good Batman movie. Well, I, I think, I think the potential is there is that if he has that much control of being a writer and the director, I, I think he'll, as long as he doesn't try to do something weird, I think there's the potential that he could, um, kind of bring it home and not be too, um, Hollywoodized, if if he's able, because I I think I think Affleck is among that you know that that little you know nerdy group with with him and Kevin Smith and Muse and all that crowd and and have an affinity for comic books and real love for the for the genre, and I I think he might make something that might, that's a little more true to the character and and rather than what 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 we had here in this one, which was like like a you know um, what are they called. Uh, what are those things that you look through and, and you twist it and it makes it makes you know the, the changes the light? Um, oh, kaleidoscope. Yeah, this kaleidoscope version of Batman that's in this one. Um, yeah, but see, my other problem with that is he uh, this this he's a true fan of comic books like Kevin Smith, and I'm sorry, but there's very few people you could compare to Kevin Smith uh, in my mind uh, on nerdity. And and not because I think not because again I'm not attacking Affleck, attacking him for years backfired horribly on me because now I'm trying to be nice and I gotta fucking point it out every time or not. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm not sold on that idea. He he has that Tom Cruise-ishness about him of fitting in wherever he needs to and and saying all the right things that you know I I'm not fully willing to believe everything he says and on top of that even if he is there's a big difference in my mind between writing a a good action adventure movie starring a comic book character than there is the previous things he's written most of the previous things he's written have been very serious dramatic pieces which uh, have been good very Mm -hmm. good it's why i've always kind of bashed him because it's like dude you you found your niche with goodwill hunting 
there's no shame in sticking with that. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> These people, there's some actors that can pull off any kind of role. Those are few. Then there's actors that have a niche, and if they time all their movies right, you know, they don't have the Adam Sandler or uh, Matthew McConaughey, not Matthew McConaughey, well, McConaughey a little bit, and, and then um, the dude with the funky nose. Owen Wilson. <laughs> they don't have that effect where it's like, fuck, it's the same movie 27 times in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I, I'm i not saying he he can't write a good Batman movie again, please. But I, I'm still, I still have a healthy dose of skepticism. A, a good writer can write anything. Yeah. But again, I mean, I, I, I think there's potential. I, right. I, I, like, I, I don't think... I'm, by no means do I think he's safe to to make a, a home run here. You know, he, I, I think he'll he'll need some help. I think he'll, but I I, I think as far as his nerddom and I, and I think he's a pretty you know on on the whole I think he's a he's a funny charming guy. I think he could you know certainly make the movie charming as well. Um, again with with some help maybe with a Kevin Smith uh, overview of the script and, and some tweaks and and, and uh, that kind of stuff just to make it a little more you know wordy because <laughs> but um well, wordy in a, wordy in a good way i mean but you've but I, you've hit on something though because this this could settle once and for all what he should do with himself because if he's able to move into this genre and we'll call his performance above average in in the <laughs> car wreck superhero effort and i'm yeah. only saying car wreck because they threw everything but the kitchen sink at it yes um if he does an above average to good solo Batman movie, then even I might be willing to give him cred that, hey, look, dude, here's what you need to do. You need to make sure you're in control of everything, <laughs> you know, and, and just go at it like that from now on. Mm-hmm. You know, because Clint Eastwood made a successful uh, transition into doing that. He didn't star in everything he directed, but, you know... His movies, as he got older, stayed strong because he knew what he needed to make decent films. Did they get a little reruns? Yes, a little. But you know, a lot of his best works were stuff he directed. You know, he's not a writer, so he picked damn good scripts. But yeah, I will say though, one thing that this movie has kind of made me think is that they got to get this this guy Zack Snyder, the director. They need to get him out of the driver's seat, or at least put him in put him in the navigator position because um, there's just too much, too much, right? This is too saturated. It's too there's too much broody slow motion, you know, too much to, for the eye to and and, and, and like, there's too much for the for the for the brain to take and and not and not in a Michael explodey way. Just it's just too saturated and. They need to get someone in there that'll 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 strip things down and make it simpler. It's just like you just said, like it's just too much. It's just you know who who do I say it to? My friend, an old rock quote. It was ten pounds of monkey crap in a in a five pound bag, right? It's just too right. much, too much stuff to to process and unnecessary stuff to process. Keep keep it simple, stupid is is the is is the way to go. Well, and that, that again, as much as I'm, I've never been sold on Zack Ryder's directing skills. He's taking the heat, but I, I you really get the feeling that that's above him. Oh, oh, there, there's definitely problems above him. No, with, no doubt, no with doubt. Warner and DC. I don't. So, so many. There's, there's lots of people. 
lots of and uh, people you know talking into his ear saying they want this and they want that we need to we need to do this or that and like no doubt but i mean he, he you know I, I'm, he, he's a very visual director and and, and there's parts that I, I get and understand but i mean like like he, he directed 300 which i think is still his best mm-hmm. comic, comic book adaption i mean the watchman was was fine it was a little it was a little I mean, it was, it was a pretty, it's a pretty serious book as it is anyway. But 300 was definitely the one that he excelled the most in terms of this, you know, the visual style. Watchmen actually was very well done in places for visual style to, you know, adhering to the comic book thing. But, but the, you know, this movie, um, and Man of Steel kind of stands on its own a little bit, even though it's a little bit, again, too, too saturated as well. But, but this one is just too much stuff that they tried to make. Like, they tried to make... They tried to, he tried to pack in the Dark Knight Returns a little bit and then also add in, you know, the thing that happens at the end, which was a major storyline for a while there. And, you know, and then trying to make it all lead to a Justice League movie as well. Uh, I don't know. It's too, just too much going on. Um, as, but as far as the character, I mean, all the performances I didn't mind that. I didn't mind too much. Superman was maybe a little too existential, but. You know, it was he was okay, but the uh, what's his name who played uh, Lex Luthor? Uh, you know, he was a little too Riddler to <laughs> blended with Lex. You know, blended with Lex Luthor, but he uh, he he did a few the, the places where he was meant to be a bit menacing. I thought he was he was okay at it, um, but a little a little too a little too chaotic. A little, you know, I guess Jokery Riddler. I don't think he was Joker. I think he was more Riddler, um, like kind of. Kooky, crazy, you know, high-strung Riddler, um, blended with Lex Luthor. But I mean, I, I, mean, I, I thought he, he, when he was on screen, he was fine, especially in the stuff, not not in the, well, yeah, this this not the stuff when he was in the 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 ship, but in the stuff when he was in City Hall and and in his in his mansion at the parties and stuff, and you know, being the the puppet master, it was, I thought it was decent enough, um, but you know. Just by the end, I felt like I was just—I had enough. It's kind of like watching WrestleMania for seven hours. I just felt like at the end it was just, just get it over with and let's get to the let's get to the point and and go home, right? Yeah, the Watchmen suffered from the same thing uh, that the more—I uh, I shouldn't call them avant-garde, but the more um, intelligent. Nah, I can't think of a word that uh, doesn't make it sound like I'm trying to insult somebody, but it was it was a more highbrow comic, yeah. and 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 people very were, much so. People were so hard on it. In fact, talking about movies in general, some fuckhead on my Twitter, and I don't, I had to just close the tab so I didn't lose my shit, like legit lose my shit. A few days ago, I was like, oh, it's so pathetic, people defending bad movies by saying they're a fun popcorn film. Go fuck yourself. There's, There's a difference between a fun popcorn film and a bad film, for one. And for two... Bad, good, and popcorn are subjective. But these, that, it just was the wrong day, wrong moment in time. And it's just, that's one of those things that when you paint with a broad brush, you prove what an ignorant, elitist fuckhead you are. You know, because you, you, it just oozes that you know far more about movies than us peasants. And so how dare you say it was a fun popcorn flick? And it's just going to make me say it ten times more. 
knowing that that actually gets on people's nerves. Now, that particular dude's probably never going to... Oh, I know who it was. Yeah, it's a dude I follow because he does kind of do some cool shit, but he's always on the bubble of getting fucking removed and then blocked. Uh, and that was damn close. If, it, if my irritation at it hadn't been more due to the fact that I was not having the greatest of days, it might have been all she wrote for him. Because it's just an elitist shitbag attitude, you know? Because I saw a lot of people trying to defend Batman versus Superman with that. And that's, hey, that's fine. If you thought it was a fun popcorn film, great. Oh, you sure, know, yeah. It, 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 it's totally subjective, uh, you know? But I there's some directors, it always seems like, and I'm not, I'm not saying Snyder's this, but it always seems like there's some directors that know how to take control and know how to fight correctly to win against with the studio heads because we we talked about last week on last week's show that they almost made uh, that the studio tried to make Deadpool non-linear or no excuse me to make it linear Mm -hmm. and the director fought them tooth and nail and everything I've read about Deadpool and I've tried to remain spoiler free because I will see it eventually it being non-linear was definitely what it had to be Mm-hmm. You know, sure. and, and it seems like some directors, and, and again, maybe Snyder's one of these, just don't know how to properly argue their case to the studio heads and higher ups or just crumple like, a you know, don't feel like they have the street cred. 300 is 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 his most flawless film. Yeah. Now, and, it's and- more of a macho, macho kind of guy flick, but... It's 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 got more layers to it than that. That's definitely yeah. what it presents on the surface, or if you just watch trailers or clips of it. Mm-hmm. But it, well, it, it 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 it's a great film. Yeah, it's it's very it's very good, and 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 three hundred as as well as Watchmen, you know, are very direct representations of the comics, and and that that yeah. slow motion that slow motion action that that, that slow it slows down almost to freeze frame. Um, it's 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 like images right from the comic, and and which is why I think they they put him on Watchmen or whoever decided to make Watchmen said, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing because he's he's translating from the page to the screen so well. But you know, and that works with Three Hundred and Watchmen. But like Man of Steel and now Batman versus Superman are not from any pages. You know, they're they're cribbed from these multiple sources into one package and trying to make it well. Especially this one, especially Batman vs Superman, the, the, taking crib notes from different things and trying to make that one thing onto its own, which is where it suffers. If they, if they had just made Dark Knight Returns the movie, which had nothing to do with nothing to do with uh, Justice League or impending franchises and, and 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 movie empires, like if it was just a standalone movie, I'd say Zack Snyder could make a pretty good Dark Knight Returns movie. But but as as something that just trying to you know, a giant pot of too many ingredients and too many cooks. It it doesn't. It didn't work. Well, and that's the pro. That's the other problem. You're trying to set up for something that is involved, or that the characters you're using are involved in, but it isn't necessarily a direct tie-in. And that always, I shouldn't say always. That's really hard to execute correctly. And, hard, and yeah. movie studios are going to get bit by this, oh, we've got one franchise going, let's just roll it right into another one. Eventually, fans, even hardcore comic book fans, are going to tell them to go piss off, you mm-hmm. know. Well, we talked about this before, how, you know, DC 
you know, DC movies are going the opposite way that Marvel did. At least, you know, Marvel had to have the opportunity to start with individual character movies and build towards a climax in the unified Avengers movie. Right. You know, get people invested and, and, and build it slowly that way. DC is going the opposite making the, I mean, this is, J, this is JLA prelude more than it is Batman versus Superman. And, and, and it's, you know, it's expectation that you're going to start with the multi character movie and then it'll explode from there. Well, I, I wonder if it's not a case of this though that once Iron Man did really well and once the first Thor did really well and once the first Captain America did really well they then decided to morph it into the Avengers which well, which made it more natural and yeah. Marvel Marvel had the look of it worked so now you have DC trying to play catch up. So they, well, we got to make it into a, a Justice League movie, or otherwise we're not the same as Marvel. And it's, it's just been a knockdown, fall down the flight of stairs clusterfuck because mm-hmm. they're looking at what Marvel did, yet not really seeing that Marvel's was a lot of the first movies worked, timing, luck, and 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 solid performance. Yeah, I mean, I mean those those early, I mean, the first Iron Man, the first Captain America, first Thor, they were proving grounds that that the Marvel movie universe could work. They they, they had to be successes for, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, like Avengers probably wasn't set in stone, but it was it was definitely an idea that this thing would all well, culminate in something there. down the road. But it, but it, whether it would happen or not, it hinged on the on the successes of of the of the of the first wave. Well, not only that, but they never really, in my mind, made overt like references or or uh, direction choices in movies to hurt it towards the Avengers. It really feels like yeah. DC's doing that, and that's a mistake. Well, the, the only thing that that tied thing all the movies to the Avengers were those post credits clips of, of you know Sam Jackson showing up and saying what's up, and you know. Saying the you know the phrase Avengers Initiative, which which you know these you know post credit scenes are what they are they are what they are they're little teasers which may not pay, may or may not pay off but within the within the films themselves it it, it didn't, didn't really come up right. Who knows? It'll be what it'll be. I, we've yeah. done twenty five minutes on Batman again. The audience is gonna fucking murder us. You're welcome. Shall we? Shall we move on to something else? Sure. So, so overall, actually, we should say this because we we did, I did I did again turn it into a discussion, which is my fault. My bad. So overall, it was an, it was okay. Is what I'm hearing from you. It was all right. Is is uh, kind of what I'm hearing from you. As long as I don't think about it too much, it's fine. <laughs> The more it's true. The more I think about it, the more upset I get. So if I, if I just leave it alone, it's okay. Well. Well, whatever deity you pray to or don't pray to or rock or whatever, <laughs> be happy because we're done. I'm so done with Batman and <laughs> Superman and all that. Um, watch something major happen next week. It's uh, always... Uh, in fact, we're going to skip the thing. I, we, we trolled you, audience. It, it was only a troll until right now because John's reaction on Facebook was hilarious. I'm not even going to ask him about Doctor Strange. We're just going to skip it because, um, <laughs> honestly, I don't think John knows any more than we do about him. Um, I basically said I could never get past his pedophile-like mustache, so I never really gave a shit about him. <laughs> he just looked like a pedophile in the comics to me as a kid. Or like a greasy snake oil salesman or snively mm-hmm. whiplash, so I just... 
So anyway, we're skipping that. Uh, let's do some quick, quick, like we ever do anything quickie. Uh, the first one we're going to do, I, I kind of have changed this a little bit uh, to what I told you before the show, John, but sure. I, I saw plenty of tweets this week and two of them in particular from people that I trust that it sounds like developers are not super happy with this PS 4.5 or 4K. Oh, yeah. And hearing rumblings about more costs, they're going to have to change planning and, and this and that. And I don't intend for us to discuss the specs that are floating around because I do trust Giant Bomb, uh, but I don't trust them that much. And it smells fishy because the increases in speeds, uh, whether it's CPU, GPU, memory, this, that, and the other thing, uh, again, this is also why we're not going to spend more than a brief moment on it, uh, is that the audience isn't going to understand half of what I would tell you anyway. They they claim that these minor increments or increases, and they are minor, take that from somebody who knows how this stuff works, is going to output in 4K for $399. It's a $2,500 fucking PC to get something to output in 4K. That's that's everything you would need. Best I could tell, just quickly looking on Amazon, I'm not buying anything Sony's saying. Or these rumors that are floating around. I, I, I Sony is really walking a fucking tightrope with this mess. I don't know. I, I really honestly cannot speculate which way this is going to go. Because mm. I, 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 have you been seeing any rumblings that devs aren't super happy about old PS4 versus... Because, I mean, they're trying to assure devs that there, there will be a, a base state. And a Neo state, because the damn thing's codenamed Neo, which led to a hilarious bunch of fucking uh, photoshops of a PS4 with a Neo Geo cartridge hole. Which I actually. I saw a couple of Matrix references with Neo and Morpheus, you know, do, uh, working together, dueling and that kind of jazz, you know. Yeah, I, I don't. Did you see the, 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 the rumored specs at, at all? I mean, I know you've been gone for a week, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just found that giant bomb. Um, yeah, the post. The post. Yeah, this this browsing. I'm sorry, I, I'm not caught up on on it too much, but I I have seen some Twitter, tw- uh, tw- uh, tittering about um, about how how worthless it is. But I mean, I, I didn't get quite all the all the the context. Well, I guess I guess the only reason I'm bringing it up because again, it's another issue we've talked about a lot is the fact that. If you are a fan of Sony and a fan of and own a PS4, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath for one and on two. I'd really, really, really wait until Sony officially says something because again, I don't care who Giant Bomb's owned by now. Jeff Gertzman is their editor in chief, and so as much as sometimes he annoys me on social media with some of his postings. I trust the dude, and I know the dude is not going to put out something that's like, you know, Kotaku or the Destructoid fucking rumor clickbait. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just, but yeah, these specs aren't aren't that aren't that big of an upgrade, by the <laughs> fuck no. Again, let's let's not muddy this by trying to explain the differences to the to the audience. But yeah, even 
John's not a tinkerer, and even he knows that the increases in speed are minuscule. And they expect that to output to 4K over 1920 by... I mean, they don't even run a native, true, what all the fucking PC gamer kids crave on YouTube, 1080p at 60 frames a second in every game they have. No, right true. Now. <laughs> uh, if Phil Spencer's got any brains at all, he's going to let Sony take the lead on this one after what happened with the Xbox One originally. Mm. And if Sony looks like they're going to get it, fall down a cliff, even if an Xbox 1.5 is in development, just fucking pull the plug. I, it's, <laughs> to me, it's a, well, a pretty good comment. There's a pretty good comment here. This guy says, so this is literally the DSi or new 3DS, but for PS4. Like this marginal increase <laughs> improvement. Hmm. Yeah, they're taking cues from Apple and, and PC manufacturers. You know, because yeah. like when a video card, a new, uh, a, a new processor for a video card comes out, it's usually not a massive jump in the, in the speed, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's also a lot of other little things that go along with it that make it worth buying the car if you have to have the latest and greatest. But in PC gaming, unlike console, like if I bought a video card today, I'd probably get like a four gigabyte, mostly because I can't justify the expense on a six, you know, really expensive high-end one. Um, That would last me several iterations of video cards and still be able to play games at, at, at acceptable, you know, levels to above average tell that maybe even all, all the way jacked up to ultra. So video card buyer or video card manufacturers, memory manufacturers, Intel, all those guys, you have a constant flow of people who need to buy, need to upgrade because it's time. So while you're not maybe getting massive volume on a on a consistent band, like like a console, you know, like consoles, their their sale band's probably pretty uh sta- pretty static. It's pretty uniform the curve. Whereas uh, a PC part manufacturer, it's little peaks and valleys. But in the end, they end up making a, a pretty good profit, short of something catastrophic happening. You can't do that with console. You you can't keep releasing one that's slightly more powerful every couple years. <laughs> it's not going to fly. I don't know. What do you think? And then we'll, and then we'll move on. Maybe. I don't know. It, it, it's uh, I, I, until you get a, 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 an official word from Sony and what the what the fuck this is or or not what this is. I don't know. I'm gonna. It just seems unnecessary to me and a little bit unbelievable with that 4K thing, like you say. I, uh, I guess what when is E3 in, in two months? June. So, it's June, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, let's see what what they say at, at E3. Well, I, I can tell you right now, and I've already told Agent K this, that, I mean, because, like, right now, him and, and Stuart are playing a lot of Dark Souls. Not that I'd join him a co-op on Dark Souls. Fuck that. <laughs> Even with those two. <laughs> fuck that. Um, but I told him already, I'm waiting to see where this shakes out. So not only, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm about uh, I'd say a week or so away from being able to to finish building my next PC, so then I can start saving money to to maybe get a con one of the consoles, most likely a PS4. But I told him even if I would, even if I had the money today to plop down on a PS4, 
so I could join you loons when you're not on PC, I would be waiting. I'm waiting until this shakes out. Mm -hmm. And so now you're holding up potential sales of the old one. But I'm like, I think we should, we should, we should, we should, um, we should hold up and wait and see what, what eventually shakes out from Sony. And we may not know till E3. I don't know if they get worried that their, their, their vaunted PR bubble is being eroded because fans are seeing what this is, a bunch of crap, (laughs) then they might hurry it up and say, you know, figure out a way to, to denote what the hell's actually happening. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is those, those, those specs are so like on the nose of, of, of an increase. Like there's no hesitation. Like it could be between this and this and Ram speed and this and this and GPU speed. I got this sneaking suspicion that that giant Bob's probably right. Mm -hmm. You know, because if, if, if if a media outlet's going to hedge its bet, they're going to say, well, the CPU increase might be between this and this, you know, they went dead on the nose with those numbers. And that that has me curious, if nothing else. Um, so, next thing, Adrian Carmack and John Romero. Now you should know who Romero is, but Adrian Carmack's an artist, and and they are two of the founding members of ID Software, makers of Doom and Quake. If you haven't seen it, John, it's actually a pretty cool commercial, but it had me in stitches because I am not their target demographic. Uh, they are working on a shooter together in Ireland. I forget what the fuck it's called, but for those of you that love Doom and Quake, maybe you didn't like the Doom beta because it's too colorful and it's too many of the wrong colors and God, it's Diablo 3 all over again. Good news! Those two pioneers, (laughs) there's a new reason why I'm laughing, uh, are are working on another shooter. I can't care about this. (laughs) It's... Oh, and that's the thing Romero said. Oh, it's like it's like no shooter I've ever seen. Fuck off. <laughs> it's gonna be another arena shooter. I mean, I, you're the wrong quite person to to ask this, probably. But even with those supposedly iconic names, do you care? Do you even give a fuck that hey they've reunited after not working together for I don't know how many years, ten, fifteen at least. Not particularly. <laughs> the best reaction, though, and I swear to God, I thought he, I think he, I think he thought I was trolling him, and I'm not going to read private text messages. Was it was Agent K? Because while I don't necessarily agree with him that Adrian Carmack and John Romero are average height in compared to the true giants of game design. <laughs> Those were his words, not mine. <laughs> he apparently doesn't think that they quite deserve the reputation <laughs> that they get and that Doom and Quake really didn't advance things all that. Oh, time. really? Yeah. He's not wrong. Is the that's the problem. I mean, because that's what I take it when you think of 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 first person shooters that set the bar, you would think of Doom and Quake, yes? Yeah, I would, it would be, it'd be definitely be up there, yeah. His problem is, and he's absolutely right, is that, okay, so it was a... You could play at land, you could run around a map, you could pick up power-ups, this and that. He looks at things from a different perspective. He's You've got to remember, and, and it's been a while since I've said this, he works in game development. Mm-hmm. And so... 
it's a little bit a case of there's a lot of other people who, who, who gave way more to game mechanics and groundbreaking things than these two did. And I suspect if I'd brought up the other Carmack, who Adrian is not related to, John Carmack, he would have had a, a, uh, a similar reaction. And funnily enough, a lot of game developers that I do know, and I do know quite a few, <laughs> even at our level, if you do this long enough, you meet people. <laughs> and and uh, Doom and Quake were super important games. Of that, there's no doubt. I, I didn't fight with him because it was obvious he was very passionate about this. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people who deserve credit, credit for progressing games forward and giving us new mechanics above and beyond, uh, you know, Romero. And, and unfortunately, this is a case of why they're able to get away with this teaser commercial that they did where basically they're standing in a field, uh, Carmack gets out of his car and walks over to a guy with a hood on, you know, like a, a hooded uh, jacket. And holds out a keyboard and a mouse, and dude's got long hair. It's obviously fucking Romero. <laughs> it was really kind of hipsterish. <laughs> anyway, and it's just like if they had announced that if they'd been hinting that they were doing an RPG, hey, great, maybe maybe they'll add something to the genre. But nope, same fucking crap. <laughs> As always, oh, we're doing another shooter. For those of you that are Romero fans, though, and are mad that I'm thrashing him and the HK really fucking thrashed him. Um I'm gonna only say one word to you. Dakitana. <laughs> I love saying that when I'm fighting with people who think fucking Romero. Romero Romero has a place in the pantheon of, of, of gaming developers who are icons. I, but that is where I do agree with Agent K is that it it gets a little twisted and warped. Because I mean, did you play Doom and Quake as a as, as a young man? Of course. Well, I, I played Doom more than Quake, but I, I did play. I think I played Quake too. Right, but was that probably your first LAN experience or your first online experience? Like it was yeah. for me. Yeah, one of. Yeah, definitely. See, I think that's where people get the nostalgia for, because I have a t a ton of fond memories of playing Doom on, like, a 15- or 20-person LAN at my junior college, and then, like, Quake 2 over internet and being able to kick everybody's ass, everybody's ass because I had a 56K connection and most of them only had 28.8 or 16.16. And so I was a fucking god. Because <laughs> as much as people today talk about ping and all this bullshit, you whiny bitches ain't got a clue. <laughs> what real difference in speed is. Like today, if I moved in, like, say, Counter-Strike Counter -Strike or Battlefield or uh, even DayZ with the speed and turning radius that I had in those modem matches, I would be accused of hacking and probably get banned because I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. But it was legitimately that much of a difference. And so I have very fond memories of that. Do you have pretty fond memories of... of being able to yell at your buddies and, and running around and, you know, basically gory maps and shooting, blowing people up and stuff. Well, well I mean, my, my experience with Doom was on my own PC at home playing the single stuff. But, but I mean, when, once I moved out of my parents' place and we and we had a house that was fully networked, uh, you know, we played Quake, we played uh, Nukem, we played some Doom as well. 
uh, Duke Nukem was was big when we had the land stuff going on. Um, the three D uh, that was in university. It was way past um, <clears throat> you know the original Doom and stuff. But but I mean, yeah, being able to to, to bad bad talk your friends and and play that stuff was excellent. I mean, I, I didn't play as much as some of the guys did, but but you know that 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 was the Nintendo nerd in me a bit. But it was uh it was definitely very very cool and a new experience for me because. Most times, I mean, most, most multiplayer thing I ever played was, you know, two controllers into an NES or an SNES, right? Maybe a bit of Mario Kart on, on 64, but I didn't really play much 64. But. Well, see, and I think that's why a lot of it gets so much nostalgia and so much over credit to a point. Now, what I told Agent Kane is absolutely true, and this is where you kind of meld the types of people like you, you, you're a gamer. Glace is a gamer. Uh, you know, Kay is a gamer, but he's also a developer. He's a level designer and, and does other things. He's an artist. I'm kind of that intermediary that can see all the sides and see where they're coming from most times. And mm -hmm. he's right that there are a lot of people. Some of the guys behind Zelda, uh, Will Wright and, and not, he wasn't behind Zelda, but like Sid Meier and, you know, uh, Miyamoto and and uh, there's a lot of people who who are underappreciated in my mind uh, as far as early contributions to gaming. Um, but in my mind, Quake and Doom showed what was possible. And if you hadn't had that first step, because see, his thing was is if it if you the things they did would have been th those progressions would have been made sooner or later anyway. And my thing was. Yeah, but you always have to have that first step. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You have mm -hmm. to have that first thing, pro the proof of concept. You know, because if there was no Doom or Quake, who knows how long it would have been until there was a Medal of Honor, Allied Assault. That that was the early ones. You're forgiven if you don't remember them. <laughs> they were PC only, mostly. And then COD, and then Battlefield, and then Halo. And, you know... Mm -hmm. You have to have a proof of concept. You have to have the first generation. I, I, I scream this all the time to the people who are just so far in the well for for uh, VR. Oh, why isn't everybody buying it? Because it's expensive as fuck, you knobhead. Yeah. <laughs> and you got it, you know, you got it through your media outlet. <laughs> you got a dev kit. And so, you know, but that Quake and Doom were important in that regard. You know, oh, definitely. I mean, you you wouldn't, you, you can't, you wouldn't have the things today if you didn't have the starts. You know, stand, standing on the shoulders of giants, whatever you want to call it, right? It's you right. Got, you gotta, you gotta have that stuff to, to move forward. Now, well, Agent K and I, <laughs> one of these days, John, I will read you some of the texts personally, or write them in Skype, or I mean, on Facebook. I love I love him like a brother, but believe me, he and that's the thing. The, the the only reason I'm 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 talking about what he said third person is because while I'm not giving you the arguments, he has very solid and factual arguments. The dude is extremely smart um, in why he believes what he believes. If if he if it was just him and I, you know, trolling each other, I wouldn't bring it up on the show, but. <laughs> He's got some pretty good. You think I bash people, but or you you think I'm harsh on people, but funnily enough, when he made the average size 
uh, when standing amongst giants comment. I, of course, return fire with this. Okay, if those guys are average side, then our next topic, and he's back, is a fucking midget amongst giants. Ooh, nice transition. <laughs> yeah, it's also true. It's also really what I said. Um, we have two stories with him. The first one we're gonna get we're gonna get through quickly because we talked about it once already. We'll save the what did Claysonator call it the onion like article, um, onion like article for for the second bit. But uh, this is the one that I picked up today. If you haven't figured it out now, if you're new to the show, uh, I'm talking about Cliff Blazinski, also known as Cliffy Boy, also known as a sh dude bro schmuck douchebag, um, but. Somebody in the pre-run up to PAX East, which there's so many damn PAX conventions now. I'm sorry, guys. I love Penny Arcade, but it's hard for me to get excited about anything that's going on anymore. Uh, the headline is, there's no way we could do free-to-play without feeling dirty. And he just basically uh, confirmed my suspicions when we talked about this months ago, or a couple months ago. Uh, but the thing I found interesting was... It, just the first two paragraphs. There's no way we could do free-to-play without feeling dirty, he told, he, he told me after I inquired about why the developer shifted gears after going to bat for the model, which Cliffy, Cliffy, when Cliffy changes his mind, the fact that he went to bat for it previously doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Cliffy's one of those. Mm -hmm. You know, I never said that. I'm saying this now. Don't pay attention to what I said then. Pay attention to what I said now. <laughs> hmm. It, it was hurting my brain thinking of ways to do it. Do we have hero? Do we have, do we do a hero rotation? Do we do an energy pay to play? See, and this, this right here is why free to play gets such fucking, so fucking bashed. Most free to play shooters, usually if you want to buy certain characters, like certain classes, they hold out certain classes mm -hmm. or they sell a lot of skins and a lot of models. You know, there's none of this energy shit. There's none of this. Do we rotate stuff? I've played a ton of free-to-play shooters that are absolutely blast to play that that did the microtransactions right. So he's already full of fucking shit trying to make it sound like, oh, I don't want to make a Farmville. I, I mean, I'd been happy if he made Farmville because at least it's not another fucking arena shooter. <laughs> we, keep we kept coming back to the idea of paying a lump sum, and at that point we decided to get rid of free-to-play. Asking further about how hard he thinks it will be to sell a premium product in an era filled to the brim with free-to-play titles. I mean, at least this dude from Destructo was on the ball. Who the fuck was this? Oh, Chris Carter. Usually a guy I wouldn't give... I wouldn't cross the street to pee on him if he was on fire. Uh, wow, his, his writing's actually getting better. Way to go. For all the times I bashed on you, one time I'm not going to. Uh, let's look at CSGO, which Han and then Cliffy hit me back with. Uh, yeah, okay, now he's getting into the dude bro. I bet it was a fist-bumping nightmare dude bro affair, this interview. Let's look at CSGO, which handled this right. Like, generally, I don't enjoy spending money on free-to-play games. I just don't. But with Go, you have this idea of what's in the fucking box. I Yeah, if you folks don't know, and Counter-Strike Global Offensive... When you level up or when you play a certain amount of matches, and I'm not even 100% sure how it works exactly since I'm such a noob at the game, uh, well, that version of the game, you can get these cases, and then you can pay Valve a small fee to get a key to the case. And inside that, you have a chance of getting a super rare weapon, a kind of rare weapon, a sort of rare weapon, and a bunch of crap weapons. I mean, just go... 
just go on YouTube if you if you're interested in knowing fully what I'm talking about. Mm. Just go on YouTube and and um, type in a search CS:GO case opening, and it has really worked for um, for Counter Strike. You know, and, and it's a, like I didn't feel bad spending money on cosmetic shit. That's how we want to approach lawbreakers. So essentially, what he's saying is is that they're going to probably charge you fifteen to twenty bucks. Ha! Read more like twenty five to forty. Mm-hmm. And then you can, and then just basically steal Valve system with Counter Strike, but it's such a, it, 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 what it comes down to still to me reading this article is ah uh, fuck I can't maintain my dude bro driving a fucking Ferrari lifestyle on free to play I guess we're gonna have to fucking backtrack reel in the hamsters and go fucking pay to play yeah <laughs> is that, yep. as you scan it is that basically yeah. fucking yeah, yeah. lying douchebag. Yeah, it it hurts it hurts my brain just how much money I'm not going to make. He is or- such a fuckboy. I mean, he just oh, and it, again, if he just tell the truth, if he just see that's the thing, he has all the ego and bravado as we're about to show here in part two of Douchey Cliffy <laughs> to say, you know what, fuck it, I can't make the millions it 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 takes to make my hair stay here. Including the plugs and transplants. That's right. I'm starting to remember Cliffy's going ball. I haven't a fucking clue. Um, but again, <laughs> but so I want it to be pay to play. Mic drop. And see again, it's the smart. It's it's the, the it's the devious calculation because he knows now that it's not free to play. All these PC gamers who are pretty smart dudes uh on youtube but but fail to the same fall to the same ignorance as a lot of pc gamers do that oh it's gonna be like counter-strike global offensive oh good there won't be any pay-to-win kitties in it oh it's gonna be it's gonna be more for us hardcore pc gamers no they're just gonna take your fucking money (laughs) that's gonna be the same crap and then Mm -hmm. it's gonna get ported to the xbox and ps4 and if, if somebody throws bosky enough money i would bet you right now that there's every chance that it gets shows up on one of the consoles first, because Cliffy is about money, people. <laughs> I've been saying that for five fucking years, or what is it, six, five and a half. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm I'm with you. I think it comes down to looking at the ways to make the money, and and probably probably looking at the risk of. Well, if, if they don't do the things we want them to do, we we won't make that money. Well, let's make, let's give it a price tag, and we know we'll get that money. See, here's what I think honestly happened. And in a way, I can't blame Cliffy as much as I've been fucking trashing him again. Uh, and it, it makes me feel so good inside. It makes me a horrible person, but it makes me feel so good inside to rip him. <laughs> because he just... Just look at him. Just get, Google search a picture of him. <laughs> You'll understand why he became my muse of hate for all these years. It's just like, oh, God. You know, the, every picture of the dude looks like he's fell into a fucking Neiman Marcus. You know, you can almost smell the fucking asshole perfume or cologne. Um, and if he ever hears any one of these episodes, my ass is going to be so far up the fucking creek without a paddle. <laughs> Fuck them. Fair use, bitches. Um, and parody. I'm hiding behind those. But anyway, is what I think happened is one day... Cliffy woke up and realized he was no longer at whatever Epic's calling itself these days. I can't get I can't get accustomed to their new fucking name. With all of its gazillions of dollars and backed up by whatever publisher Epic was using, 
<laughs> and that there was every chance that Bosky Studios was going to start to cut into the millions or whatever that Cliffy made while making Gears of War in Unreal Tournament. Anyway, wait a minute here. I'm okay with this as long as it doesn't get into my wallet. And quite honestly, I'm not shocked. I mean, are you that a lot of a lot of developers that transition from being in a big quote unquote AAA studio to doing it themselves run into this wall? Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, he's handling it better than the Shenmue Three guy. If I'm gonna be nice <laughs> to him for a minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's at least I guess he has, I guess he hasn't been asking for money up front. Could you imagine what a cliffy written Kickstarter would look like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be pretty deplorable. I would, I would screenshot it and then print it out in like the highest resolution on the best quality paper. I would frame it and put it in my office because it would be such a thing of douchebag gold, of just so self-assured and so self-interested and such just, I'm fucking Cliff Blazinski, give me money. That it would be like it would be art. I would hand it, hang it next to pictures that I consider art to be. <laughs> uh, but not all is happy in Cliffy Land because he made that transition, and this is what I don't get. Dude's not retired anymore, so this one made me laugh even harder. Um, this was a couple days ago. This was on the 18th, and we're recording this on the 21st. Um. Because when he was retired and popped off like this, it's like, you know, you got the, you got the safety. But now, very soon, you're the boss of Bosky, and you're going to have to be pimping out your product. What was it? Jawbreakers? Lawbreakers? Lawwreckers? I don't know. There's so many fucking arena shooters. This is going to end up in a catastrophe. Somebody is going to lose their ass in this. I just can't figure out if it's Gearbox, Blizzard, Cliffy, Valve. Who the fuck? Somebody is going to lose their fucking ass in this. Because there's so many of these things coming out, and I have an interest in none of them. I will continue to play Counter-Strike when I want to play a fucking fast, quick, twitchy, 12-year-old screaming at me shooter. I really will. <laughs> but, Cliffy um, got himself in trouble on social media. Here's the funny thing. I thought I blocked his account. I'm starting to wonder if after a certain amount of time, if, if Twitter doesn't unblock accounts. Which was a good thing I didn't block him because then I would have had to actually make a couple clicks and unblock him to actually verify and read the tweets I'm about to tell you about. Uh, the headline, and again, this is uh, from Destructoid. Like I said, some of their writing styles start to piss me off, but they do they do have uh, <laughs> this. The bottom half of this story would be the prime example. We're gonna get to that, John. If you read the bottom half. The part that I think made Glacinator call it an onion. But we're breaking wow. this story down into a couple parts because the, the writer tried to get clever and I will give him like a six out of ten on 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 his success. Maybe mm -hmm. five point five. But I it I'm not sure it was necessary, really. Uh, a non-hipster walking simulator for Cliff Blazinski is the headline. Yesterday, famed game designer Cliff Blazinski. My tongue tries to snap out of my mouth when I have to read sentences like that. It's like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. Fam famous for creating Jazz Jackrabbit in the Gears of War series. I don't think he wrote that as a compliment. Because <laughs> you could have said Unreal Tournament instead of Jazz. Instead of that fucking Jackrabbit. Um, it was a pretty good game. Decided it was finally time to give Firewatch a play. Just 15 minutes in, Cliffy quit the game and tweeted, Yeah, I respect the devs of Firewatch and don't mind walking sims, 
but it's entirely too hipster for me. Not going to stick with it. Sorry. <laughs> I talk too much, John. What, what did you think of Cliffy calling Firewatch a hipster walking simulator? What, what, what I usually do when I hear a, Cli a Cliffy quip about something, I'll just shake my head and, and move on, to be honest. I, I thought it was just, oh, come on, man. Just, just lay off. First off, I have actually met a lot of um, people who work at Firewatch Towers. We, we actually call them, this must be a Canadian, this must be a Canadian uh, dev team, because I never even thought about it. Because we call them lookout towers here in the western U.S. at least. Uh, in fact, my great uncle was one for a number of years after he retired. Not a hipster. No, 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 no. Might wear a flannel shirt like hipsters have co-opted, corrupted, and just, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> but not a hipster. Or, in fact, old retur retired uh, California Department of Forestry, which is California's wildland firefighting department, state department, state uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the people that are involved in woods around the, the only, and, and that's the other thing, hipsters should be pissed at this. Could you see a hipster camping? <laughs> no. I mean, they'd be safe from bears because most hipsters I've seen are so stuffed into skinny jeans that bears probably wouldn't think they were worth a meal. Well, as long as there's a cell, a cell phone tower within you know walking distance. Yeah, which, I mean, in some cases there are, but not the parts <laughs> of the wilderness I've been to where there are lookout slash fire watch towers. Exactly. It's in the middle of nowhere. In fact, in California, in some places here in my region in California... There were some that still had to be packed to by mules until the late 70s, early, early 1980s. Wow. Because they were out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Now, either they finally just built roads to them, took spent the money and time, not paved roads, dirt roads, or they moved them because they were too far out for the good they were doing. Um, so that, that would be my first thing. Then, and, and, and he just... Why say it? Just yeah, say, exactly. You know what? It was not for me. How many times? I mean, even I had to learn. In the process of doing this podcast, I had to learn to not say I hated something or it was this or it was that. Just to, just to, unless it was real garbage or it was Phil Fish. Um, it's just <laughs> my other. See, thank God for Cliffy because if he, if he, could, if he raids quick gaming like Fish did, I'd have nobody to. I'd have nobody to rip on that I didn't feel bad about 10 minutes after we were done with the show. <laughs> Let's, let me put it like that. Uh, oh, I guess there is Pitchford, the CEO of Gearbox, so there is still another one. But he generally takes big chunks of time in between putting his both feet in his mouth. Well, you do, you do also have the uh, the Beyond Two Souls guy. Well, what's his name? Uh, oh, he's did, he he made it to name redacted status. Mm. He's a name, he's name redacted number two, I think. Yes, I think he's, he's number two. Yeah. Yes, the analyst Cliffy came close in, the, in not too long after you joined us to become. He did. I remember you he, saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of glad he didn't because calling him Cliffy is just more fun. Like he <laughs> likes that name, but I would think a lot of kids who are named Cliff or Clifford, Cliffy would be something you'd outgrow and you would see as childish. Yeah. So maybe he's trying to tell us something. I mean, I I don't even remember how old the dude is. I think he's I think he's five or six or seven years older than I am. Maybe I don't know. I uh, I actually yeah, he's of that generation. I'd say he's probably um I'd say he's probably probably you know heading towards alpha nerd status at least in age. 
Uh, you know, it's just, just like, but to say hipster when you're talking about a game that, that is out in the woods dealing with a dude who's at a lookout tower. So, but it being Twitter, people quickly took offense to this and let dude huge, dude huge know about it. Whoever <laughs> gave him that, I swear to God, he gave himself that nickname. It also tells me he has a penis that you need a microscope to see when erect. <laughs> um, to which he politely responded, some overly sensitive Lena Dunham Brooklyn beard, beard types are like going to unfollow me now over my Firewatch post. Fuck off. Again, you dude bro. It's like a dude bro fucking trashing a hipster. It's like, hello, you're living in a glass house, bitch. Not to mention, <laughs> you're back in the industry again, you idiot. Let me ask you this. Does he think he's safe doing this because the people he's pissing off are probably not going to buy Boss Keys Lawbreakers anyway? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he, he figures that they're not his demographic. <clears throat> but uh, it's it's a stupid way. What? You know, like, why, why, why throw the gasoline toward the fire? Just, just leave, it, leave it the fuck alone. I'm telling you, man, even as even as an obscure internet person as I am, I could teach a class to keep these fuckheads out of trouble. I mean, Cliffy's Cliffy's not, Cliffy's beyond redemption. And, and to his credit, Cliffy knows just exactly how to walk the line mm -hmm. between really starting something that could cause him cost him money and and pissing only pissing off. And he's been like this since time immemorial. My favorite of his is when somebody nailed him with, dude, you're not a, you know, my, which has always been my bitch about him too. You're a fucking computer programmer, dude. You're not a rock star. His response was, yeah, but I don't have to, I don't have to be like, I'm some sweat, sweaty, smelly nerd that lives in his mom's basement either. And it's like, he's right. But again, dude, there's a lot of people that fit that stereotype that are going to buy your products. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking hell. Oh, uh, so the game he mentions next that I've actually never heard of. Um, but Cliff also wanted his followers to know that he's a sensitive guy with real feelings. Noting, I keep an open open perspective on all games. Sybil drove me to tears. Firewalks bored me. Deal with it. Deal with it. Cost to do to his job at Microsoft. Now, granted, it was for a different reason, but. <sighs> Anyways, and so then the, the writer basically delves into making a mainstream, non-hipster. Why does it all of a sudden, if, it, if it's too hipster, why is the opposite of that hate mainstream? Have we gotten to that point where there's no in-between anymore? Is, is that what, because I, <laughs> if you read this dude's, if, if you read this dude's uh, mainstream walking simulator, I don't want to play that either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to play Firewatch, and I will at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I just know what I'm getting with it. it. You know, it's funny, because I will probably attempt to pay full price for it. I mean, if it's on sale, I'm not going to wait. I'm not an idiot. But it's one of those ones that it's going to be there when I'm ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I, I, that's kind of why I haven't bought it yet. I, I, I assume that you're... <laughs> Although now that Cliffy called it hipster, I'm kind of curious. I kind of <laughs> want to play it to see what the fuck setting <laughs> off like that. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I think I'll, it's on my wish list. I'm, I'm just biding my time for a <clears throat> for a good sale. 
So if you, I, I gave the, uh, I gave the guy that did his uh, mainstream walking simulator in written form. It's basically about a dude who works at Best Buy and all the travel, uh, all the trials and tribulations of being an average dude whose life may not be the world's greatest. To wrap it up in a nutshell, I gave it a six out of ten. What would you give it out of a ten? Six. Yeah, five. it's it, it it it's okay, but. He should take a tip from us about bashing Cliffy, or maybe just me. Nah, I'll say us. Throw us all into the bus. Us, all right. You know, that would have been more amusing because that would have been... See, okay, I'm going to put out a challenge, and I bet you'd want to do this too. Make us the Cliffy, a day in the life of Cliffy B walking simulator. <laughs> and it should be as over the top as possible. Mm-hmm. Would you pay five bucks for that? Because I sure as fuck would. <laughs> for a day in the life of Cliffy? Just look, what, looking in mirrors and drinking, uh, I don't know. I don't care what it is. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Go as over the top with it as possible. <laughs> yeah, five bucks? All right, I'll pay five bucks for that. I, yeah, I'm not sure I'd pay more than that. If, if, the, if the quality's there and it lasts longer than 15 minutes. Somebody, get on, somebody make that in a Flash game or a JavaScript game. And the thing is, is he, you'd probably be safe because his ego is wired in such a way that he'd see it as, as a compliment, I think. Mm -hmm. What, somebody want me to pay their lawyer fees when they do this? <laughs> and, then, and then Cliffy sues them. Oh. I don't know. You know the funny thing about this, though? And, and let me I want your opinion if you think that this makes sense or I'm nuts. There's something about the fact that in the industry we're retired, the fact that Cliffy never changes, I kind of take comfort in that for a mm -hmm. number of reasons. You mean that he, he never he never achieves any sense of perspective? Yeah. Or, that, yeah that, or, or he, he's, not, he's not reflecting at all on anything? <laughs> it's just like he's not maturing. It's like he's always maintained the same attitude throughout my entire time doing more than playing video games, which I would say is like seven, eight years now. Like, was, like, Matthew, like, like Matthew McConaughey in, in Days of Confused? Yeah, but there's something comforting about that. As much upheaval and, and controversy, <laughs> including created by old Cliffster, um, in, in the industry, that the, there is something comforting and easy fodder to kill, to kill 20 or 30 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't know, am I, am I wrong, or do you, do you kind of like that too, that some things, no matter how much the industry changes, stay the same? Even when they're that shitty, well, I don't know. I guess it's nice to, to have a constant in your life. <laughs> you know, though, you, you, I think the word you were looking for is no self awareness. Mm hmm. No self awareness. Pretty well, yeah. But do I often wonder with him? You know, because a lot he has hinted and and even I think at one time said that that this is a persona. And I often wonder if he's just the most self aware guy in the world, and he knows how to pull the strings. Like he's even trolling me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do you think that's possible? That that that, that truthfully, that you know, that the dude is really probably just milking this for all it's worth because it's gotten him this far. That, that might actually be a worrisome thought that he's that he's in, in that much control. Yeah, that that is kind of where the 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 argument falls apart because you really, really, really have to be an intelligent and Machiavellian. Wow, I actually got that out right. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> good. I ain't trying to say it twice. Um, that is a bitch. 
it's harder to say and and hard to spell. <laughs> Why couldn't you have been born Jones, you fucking prick? <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? Yeah, what is it about East East Europe and Japan? Fucking hell! I think that's where he was from. Um, because that was actually a real dude. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that's part of it too. I think why I have so much fun teeing off on him because as much as he's just everything I hate about dudes in the industry, he's just fascinating. I can't look away. It's like a car wreck, man. Car wreck. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I I I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but he does tend to have that attitude that I heard it first from the late racer Dale Earnhardt. Doesn't matter whether they're cheering or booing. As long as they're paying attention, mm-hmm. you, the, the the John Cena Roman Reigns theory. Uh huh. I think. Do you think it's plausible he he all, he at least understands that concept? I think I think he definitely he definitely understands that concept. And in that, I do have some respect for him because even if you're a more sedate personality, um. Who would you say is the most laid back dude in gaming? That laid back game dev, like like um, mm. better known laid back game dev, that is probably like of the same generation as Cliffy. I, I guess, um, shit, the one that replied to you on Twitter. What the fuck out. Oh, Schaefer. I guess it's him. Yeah. What about the? Um, would you consider the guy, the Bioshock guy, laid back? Ken Levine. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Him and Carmack both are pretty laid back, but their personalities are more like traditional nerd. Like they the, the things that they put on because I follow them both on Twitter. When they're not talking about gaming, they're posting very very intelligista stuff. Like like not hipster elitist crap, but stuff that it's like you read the article and you're like, fuck, I don't know enough about physics to understand this. <laughs> like if it's Carmack <laughs> yeah. or Levine, it's engineering, you know. Um. But, but yeah, I, I forgot where the fuck I was going with this whole thing. But, you know, you just don't, I guess, I guess the, the, the more laid back personalities, you know, just don't, don't ever ruffle feathers. I, I wonder, I wonder if those guys worry about ruffling feathers, if that's why they have the persona they do on social media. I mean, I've seen Schaefer get cranky about some stuff and, and talk about For controversial sure. topics, <laughs> but nothing compared to <laughs> Cliffy. Well, he, he talked, I find Schaefer doesn't talk about he talks about controversial subjects, but he doesn't stir up the shit too much. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, and some people call them cowards for doing that because I've seen people do it to Schaefer and I've seen people do it to Notch, and it's like it's a risk versus reward thing, you know, because if you're not careful, you can be branded for life, and mm-hmm. it won't matter fairly or unfairly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you have to be very careful because there's an either us or them mentality very much. Not on just social media, on the internet in general. You could be branded a lot of things very quickly if you do not choose your words wisely. I mean, that's why Cliffy always does the dude the dude bro thing. You know, like he went after hipsters. And he, uh, that's, that's, that's still pretty safe. Yes, you're going to outrage people. And that's the other problem I have with this. <laughs> that's the other thing that's upsetting about about this topic. I'm sure you're not the least bit upset that he pissed off hipsters, are you? No. Yeah, see, so I like I get double entertainment out of this. He's pissing off hipsters who need the piss taken out of them, and I get to make fun of Cliffy. 
<laughs> if he ever retires for good, I am going to miss him. Because this is like what? We did like, what was it, a month ago? It's been 2016 that he did. Oh, it was the first time Bosky decided they were going from free to play to pay to play. And he had some comments, you know. We we didn't have we didn't get too much Cliffy when he was retired. He was pretty good at keeping to himself. Must have got the old batteries recharged, and now he's uh now he's going at it again. Must be. You're absolutely right, though. You know, Carmack I think is very scientific, very very intelligent. I don't know what it is with Levine. I've never been able to get a good sense on him. Look, I, I I find that he he's he's very cerebral. He does, I mean, he thinks about what he's doing a lot, for. but but I don't know if I'd call him. Out, outspoken in the sense that, it, like, again, he's not, he's not out stirring up shit for no reason. He's he's focused and you know and dedicated. But I, I think he's more, yeah, he's more cerebral. I almost get the nutty professor vibe with them. That the the and nutty professor is probably not the right word, but that that's just not in their purview. They are so wrapped up in whatever project they're doing or whatever thing has uh, captured their attention at that moment in time. Mm-hmm that all these controversies and other things, unless it involves their companies, right. you know, it's just, it, it just doesn't enter their world because their world is so laser like focused. I think that's what I, I see with Levine and Carmack. They're just both so laser like focused on what they're doing, you know, where Schaefer Schaefer is able to talk about 27 different topics at once on, yeah. on his social media. And then, and then you've got, the what's it the, the lion head guy um, <laughs> who, who, who can talk about a million things as well, but the it's all it's it's ninety eight percent bullshit. You want to talk about somebody? Uh, one of the people I will mention, the Agent K, just absolutely slaughtered, and I just got out of his way because I I I find Molin amusing. Molin to me is like a lot of trolls I've had to deal with on the internet. They start out getting under my skin. And that's never good because it's 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 not healthy for you, and they're they're getting what they want. And then it just kind of rotates eventually around to a point if if I have to you know uh, observe what they're doing or read read stuff, I, I'm kind of tying this into Molyneux. It just kind of tends to always cycle around to the point where I can't do anything but laugh. There's just no point in getting mad anymore. Mm-hmm. I have made it to that point with Peter Molyneux. Agent K hasn't, and may never. <laughs> 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 because you don't if you bring if we have one of our debates about game developers um he always gets brought up and he always gets slaughtered <laughs> and i don't blame him because the guy has lied a lot but again he's the, he's another case and i don't want to run the show on too much longer but i swear he has such a childlike naivety he doesn't know he's doing it there's just always been something there that i don't it, there's no malicious intent with it he just gets too excited and I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. I mean, you've known people like that, right? That they, they, they get too excited about what they're doing, so maybe they're overstating what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they can't step back and have a look at it and see what's really there, and <clears throat> they get, yeah, way too caught up, for sure. Yeah, and obviously when, when you're talking gaming, people are going to get angry, and so it, it becomes malicious. But some people have just flat-ass lied to, to, to you know the gaming public, Molyneux has too, but I just, I just never. When you split the hairs, I just have never got any malicious malice out of it. It's not like he's doing it. He he he! Look at me get one over on these idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas with Cliffy, <laughs> Cliffy thinks he's smarter than all of us. 
And I love people like that because it's so much fun proving them when they're not. Proving to them when they're not. <laughs> Which makes me just as big assholes they are. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm pretty happy that, that we got an opportunity to bash Cliffy. Did I have anything else? Oh, shit. I forgot. I forgot. Damn it, John. You should have texted in a chat or something. Uh, we do have to end the show on a down note. And why don't you, you start us off with, with the first one, John, and then, I, and then we'll go from there. Well, um, today the news... Um... The news came down that um, the, the former professional wrestler China, who was a lady wrestler uh, during the Attitude Era in the mid-90s, and <clears throat> China definitely had uh, more impact on that era than some people tend to, uh, to give her that credit for. She um, she came in at a time, I mean, she was, if, if, if you don't remember who she was, she kind of was... Um, a bodybuilder type lady who came in and she was a bodyguard for, for Triple H, um, helping him win and all these kinds of things. But, but I mean, that was one dimension of it. Um, she was his, she was his valet, but she then morphed into a competitive, uh, wrestler who, who wrestled other men as well as women. And, you know, and I, again, I don't think they give her the credit or, or, well, people don't give her the credit that she deserves for being, you know, as the as the word you hear tossed around today is a trailblazer for for you know women being competitive and not just being eye candy. Um, but I mean, she uh, she had good you know good feuds and and she was over like the word the word you hear in wrestling is you know are, are you over or not and that that means are you getting a response from a crowd whether negative or or positive and China whenever she came out was was over and she she was a you know a very big star um, you know. And, and, and I mean, speculation as to what what caused her her death um, is still up in the air. But you know, she since her departure from wrestling, there certainly was a a an indication, a strong indication that that drugs and alcohol and and a and a, and a lifestyle um, that was, seems to be rather seems to be rather unhealthy. You know, speculation might be that the, you know this is a culmination of that. Unfortunately, you know, someone who might have got chewed up and spit out by fame. Um, but that being said, um, you know, looking at the positive side of her career, she really did things that were different for women in wrestling and, uh, opened a lot of doors and, you know, it's a sad thing to see someone, you know, on the sad side of things from her, you know, uh, the, the downturn she took in her life, uh, you know, going in an unhealthy lifestyle again, um, it's a sad thing, but, you know, if you, if you can focus on, on the positive aspects of what she was, what she accomplished and did, then. You know, there, there's some solace in that, maybe. Um, but it's, it's sad. It's, it's, it's a sad. It's, it's you know, obviously someone dying is, is very, very sad. But you know, she was she's she's important, and um, yeah, you know, R.I.P. and all that stuff. Yeah, this one um, <laughs> didn't surprise me as much as the next one, and it, it really didn't have the impact like the other one that happened today and i i don't know why i'm not just saying his name because everybody fucking knows that one actually affected me a little bit for a while today um and i'm also getting more comfortable with just letting my emotions be what they're going to be and not trying to be some hard ass fuck face but what i was happiest to see about with uh china's passing who by the way his name was Joni lauer yes um don't feel bad. I had to actually think about it for a minute <laughs> while you were speaking. I'm like, fuck, what was her real name? Because some people may know her as that after she left that WWE. Um, the 
is all the tweets I saw spoke about, you know, breaking the glass ceiling, the advances she made for women in wrestling. And let me tell you, yes, we live in a world of 140 characters, but there are ways to do tweets where you just basically are like, yep, they passed. Or you're trying to denote how significant they were. And some of the people surprised me. Now, some of that could be good PR, but, uh, you know. Uh, so I was happy to see that even with her troubles and problems after she left uh, the WWE, and she didn't exactly leave on the best terms either, that she's getting recognized for what she did. There's only been two heels in the history of that company that I hated to the point that even when you, you know, I got over my kayfabe era and, you know, believing that, that, that these people were really nasty, dirty people, um, that I still couldn't give two fucks about them. And one of them was Hunter for a long time, Triple H, and the other was China. Even mm -hmm. when they kind of made her more of a, a face, I think she actually did have one or two true face runs. I just did, like, for sure. I just like, oh, you were a heel. Oh, you suck. You know, but <laughs> at the same time, even even before her uh, uh, tragic passing, here in the last couple of years, looking back at stuff I witnessed the first time as it happened, yeah, you can't help but recognize, you know, what she did for for women's wrestling and for intergender wrestling. Really? Oh, for, yeah, for sure. So I mean, she, yeah, it, it's. I, I think it's always been, it's been understated because of her, of, you know, her her adult film career that she had, and and again all the drugs and and and, and erratic behavior that she seemed to get herself in the news about every once in a while. Um, that kind of kept kept you know WWE distanced from her uh, in terms of recognition, and you know, I mean, you, you think about all the all the Degeneration X uh, stuff that she was involved with, and. Right, uh, she ne was never brought in for interviews or or her perspective on things. It's all because of that, and you know, I I, I don't know how, her personal relationship with Triple H and how that all f f fell apart, um, influenced that stuff. I, I I could never really I could never say, but but I, I'm sure that you know as much as WWE you know helps out helps out its uh, <clears throat> alumni and trying to get them to a healthier place in their lives if they're if they're struggling. Uh, I'm sure they didn't really want that kind of attention, you know, with her, unfortunately, which for good or bad uh, as a decision, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Sadly, and it just proves that even in 2016, what a prudish, prudish fucking society we have. I honestly always have believed that it, it was 100% to, to do with the porn. That Vince oh, well, just wanted nothing to do with that. And it coming from the dude who basically produces softcore porn if you're the right person. I mean, come on, Greasy Weld Up Man, let's go. It's, it's the only thing closer is mixed martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just the ludicrousness. And I've always been the kind of person that, you know, I just, I'm not prudish. I think it's ridiculous. We were all born a certain way. There's lots of ways you could have been born. There's, the, you know, a couple sets of parts you could have been born with. One's a penis, one's a vagina. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I mean, look at, look, look at me even now. I'm trying to clean it up so I don't offend anybody. And I, mean, I should know better at this point. Also, I should be me. I, and I always thought that was a shame. Because they have let other people with 
as rampant of drug problems come back. And and I honestly don't believe it was because her and Triple H were no longer a couple and Stephanie and Triple H became a couple. Oh my fucking god, Days of Our Lives bullshit. You know, mm. it's about it's a business. It's about making money. If they thought she could have made him money, Triple H, even Triple H, <laughs> would have had to fucking put up with it. They've done worse. You know, they, they, they brought people... I mean, come on. They brought back Kevin Nash and fucking Razor Ramon. Yeah. Scott Hall. I mean, how many time, how many chances did they give Scott Hall? Yeah. You know, I and, and it, that's sad because while, while I have my own fair number of questions about some of the actors and actresses in porn and whether or not they're getting a fair shake and not exploited, that shouldn't be a reason you hold something against somebody. Your company, you know, your company's public face has taken plenty of beatings that are far worse than somebody doing a few pornos. I hope they put her in the WWE Hall. I'm going to be mad because they should have done it before then. Yes, I, I would agree with that too. Um, I'm getting I, a little I, sick of that with a lot of Hall of Fames. Yeah, I, I have I have a feeling that unfortunately now that she, you know now now that she's gone, th there is a higher chance of that happening. Triple H, there was a tweet from Triple H basically saying she genuinely deserves it. And I yeah. thought, well, then why the fuck didn't she get it before she died? You well, know, funny. I mean, that, that's 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 a Vince McMahon question. Uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm not trying to throw trips under the bus. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those people. I know well, I know Hunter's only got so much swing. Well, he, I mean, you you could ask the question of why so why certain people, lots of people, aren't in the in the Hall of Fame, and it's always a Vince McMahon question. Like it's 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 up to him. It doesn't matter who who works for the company, who who comes up with the names. If Vince likes you or not, you're in or not. Well, that's and that's why Hall of Fames. I, I mean, obviously, a wrestling one's a little bit more ludicrous than the rest. Hall of Fames are just I, I just absolutely have no use for them most of the time. And the it's, wrestling hall, of, I mean, and the wrestling Hall of Fame isn't about personal achievement. It's about whether or not you contributed to somebody's business excelling or not. Like it's right, exactly. That's why I said it's even more ludicrous because there's even it's basically a popularity contest worse than like the baseball one, hockey one, basketball. Yes. You know. God, thank God that the rest of them aren't a pure popularity contest. I bet, I bet the, the football, basketball, baseball <laughs> would look really fucking weird. I think, I think you'll, you'll see China go in the Hall of Fame as like a group thing, like they did with the Four Horsemen. They'll, they'll induct all of DX, and then she'll be included in that in that set. I'll be pissed if they do it that way. That, that's how, that's how it'll be. It won't. She won't go in on her own. I know that's how it's going to be, but I'm. I th that that's so cowardly. It is, but if you I go mean, off of well, you look at it from my perspective of why I think she's been treated so badly by the company. Mm -hmm. I know that the public face has been well. She she had drug issues and she acted acted up in public and this and that. And that's it, it's such a crock of shit when you know the other people that have had you know yeah Ric Flair. And his booze issue? I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know he's Rick fucking Flair, but don't. Again, it's kind of my mantra of, and has been since about two thousand nine. Don't. I don't care why you're doing it. You want to be a vindictive dick, be a vindictive dick, but don't lie to me about it. And don't tell me, you know, when I got a pretty hot, pretty, 
and I'm not talking conspiracy theory level shit. I got a pretty good backlog of evidence that says that it had nothing to do with her drug use. Mm-hmm. You know, and so Vince is only going to go too far if he starts yanking people out of the hall. Like Hogan <laughs> for for doing, you know, for getting in his ass up the creek. Yeah. You know, um, the next one, the, the other one that, that happened this morning, and apparently I'm, I'm looking at stuff right now, was not even slightly expected, uh, was the musician, singer. I, I mean, I, I honestly have a hard time categorizing this guy because he just was so many things. Uh, Prince. Uh, was found dead in an elevator uh, at his uh, music studio in Minnesota in, at the age of 57. And I said on Twitter that the, 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 when I think of Prince, I think of, of junior high school dances. And, and I think of that era and, and the Purple Rain movie. And, and, <laughs> and I also added, of course, yes, I am that bloody old. You know, but at the same time, he was the first step for me in understanding that weird or eccentric could be cool and who gives a fuck, you know, because I've stated before and I, and I don't talk a shit ton about my personal life because I talk too much on this show as it is. But when I was a kid, I was always tall for my age. I had naturally curly hair and a big forehead. So I got what would be called today bullied a lot, you know? And so when you think you're a weirdo and I am, but not for those reasons. <laughs> okay. Maybe the big forehead. Um, you know, you start to think it's unacceptable. And so when you see people like this, and Prince wasn't necessarily weird in a traditional sense, like, a, you know, a Tim Burton or Johnny Depp sense. Uh, but he was definitely eclectic. He definitely did his own fucking thing. And, and I, I, that really helped me at a certain point in my life. And, and in addition to that, he was a, a musical genius. I mean, bar none. Yeah. You know, I, this, this one got to me a little bit because this did... He played a role in my emotional ma- maturity, and just 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 by being who he was, you know, I've never been one to 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 fawn on celebrities big time. I don't think they're role models, but he 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 came along in my life at a right place and right time that 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 it did help me become the person I am today. You're welcome, or sorry, depending on how you view that. Um, and I, it, it it was stunning, I, it it really was. Yeah, thoughts or yeah, I mean uh, for for me, Prince, um, I, I didn't, I never, I never owned a Prince CD or album uh, as such, but Prince's and his music, um, some you know, managed to permeate most of my watching, you know, music videos on TV or on the radio. Like is one of those one of those constants. Um, growing up, um, everything just from those things to, you know, his music in in, in Michael Keaton's Batman, uh, to bring it back to that a little bit, uh, you know, this just always around and always accessible, always li- very listenable. Uh, I, 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 I've heard it mentioned a couple of times, um, Prince's uh, abilities as a guitar player have always been understated um, and, and, and overlooked. And he's a tremendous guitar player. Yep. And, he played uh, so many in- instruments. I think is why that always got overlooked. Yeah, well, I mean, this like the face, the singing, the voice, uh, you know, be, being at the forefront. You know, the, mu- the music always being behind that. And 
but you know, I mean, you you watch that guy play that guitar, and he's just, he's just ripping it up, right? Um, but I I have a tremendous amount of respect uh, for Prince, and and like you said, a musical genius, and uh, I think, I mean. I mean, it's, 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 it, it, it kind of reminds me a bit of like, kind of like Bowie you know, earlier this year. Um, yeah. That kind of level of, of songwriting and, 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 and this pure talent uh, in music, just, the, you know, leaves behind a huge legacy that, that, that you know, you, you wonder if you'll see that kind of, that kind of legacy again. Um, so, yeah, again, RIP on, for, for, for Prince. It's just both of them, uh, to me, are the epitome of two two words that get used too often for people that don't deserve it. Sorry, icon and, mm-hmm. and total package. Yep, top to bottom. I, to I, bottom. I my musician buddies and, and and musical nerd friends make fun of me when I say that he's top, easily top twenty, possibly top fifteen. When you talk about guitarists, period. You don't break them up into genres, but I'm I'm not wrong. <laughs> Obviously, it's subjective nope. and it's and, and, and it's it's an opinion based thing. But he's right up there as far as just a b- raw ability. We're not talking about songs that had great riffs or great solos. We're just talking about raw ability. He is right up there. Mm-hmm. If if you're honest, if you give an honest appraisal, in my opinion, obviously. I I, th- I think it's easy to forget he plays the guitar on all his songs. I, you, you think you think of a guy a singer with a with a, with a mic in his hand, right? Well, he had he had one album where he fired his band halfway through. I'm I'm not remembering the entire story. I think it was the one where it was a double album he did not too long after Purple Rain, um, where he played every instrument on the fucking album. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's like, it, show me another musician who's been capable of that. It, it's mm-hmm. very few. I, I guess Dave Grohl mm-hmm. is probably the more modern day equivalent. But even I, I'm, I get in trouble all the time because he's a hell of a drummer. But I'm, I've never been sold on his raw guitar playing ability. He's good guitar player. Oh yeah. But I, I'm not in the bag for him like I, like some people are. And the final thing I want to say, John, and I know that you'll you you'll agree with this. That's why why I'm going to say it because it, I think you will agree. It's something that needs to be said. And this came from Ben Kachura. The next time you're, and this is all in caps, and this dude's a professional writer, as I've babbled on about a hundred times. The next time your favorite band comes within three hours of you, buy a ticket. Seriously. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't reply to him, but the one I'm kicking myself over, and it made the kicking may get worse, is ZZ Top was only like a 20 minute drive north of me, and I was just too fucking lazy to go. And that was really probably stupid on my part. <laughs> you know? Because I have made it a point of seeing uh, acts that may not be in their prime, but that were uh, important to me uh, in all the genres I like, and and so you know it. It he's absolutely positively right because this shit, because it, it's not it's not the ones where you know it's coming. It's the it's stuff like this where it's just so out of the blue, mm-hmm. and that's how life is. It, it's here today, gone tomorrow. You know. Yeah, My, it's one of the. It reminds me a little bit of of uh, of Lemmy. Um, oh, good. oh, yeah. Of of my of my heavy metal bucket list. He was he was on there. Uh, Motorhead was on there, and there was I remember there was a there was a um, it wasn't local, obviously, but it, well, actually, Motorhead did play in Newfoundland once, but but the uh, but that was before I even I was even aware of, of of music, I think, in general. But the um, 
Motorhead and Megadeth were playing this big this this joint show in Las Vegas, and it was around this time that there was like a cheap vacation package to Las Vegas and like a direct flight or some, some something something cheap and crazy. And and, and um, I remember Wanda saying we should go to that, and I said no, let's save our money for something else. And and we didn't go. And then I mean, you know, that was years ago, and now I'm. Thinking, wow, you know, like Wanda even mentioned it after he died. He said, "Yeah, well, that might have been our chance to see to see him." And uh, so, you know, that's too bad. It's good advice that Ben had. Well, at the same time, though, you should you you also shouldn't dwell on, or at least I try not to dwell on too many of the ones I haven't been able to see because the the great thing about musicians, and it's kind of become my focus in a strange way, is 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 with this digital age, their legacies around forever. Oh sure, yeah. And so you know, focus on on that impact because I've always lived by the words my my uh, mom's dad said that when it's your time, it's your time, and you don't get to pick that time. Was usually his his follow up with that, um, you know. And so that's just kind of how you have to have to do it. And and sometimes you're gonna miss, and it sucks when you do. I, I never had a chance to see about. Even even came close to having a chance to see Motorhead, and I kind of that is one that I kind of wish I had. Being such a fan of Metallica and other bands, you know that that were influenced by Lemmy and Motorhead. I, I'm I'm sure living here in California, living in California, and and going off of Ben's three hour rule, I, I yeah I have really no excuse in a lot of cases not to see bands mm-hmm. that I may not get the opportunity to see again. Um, but we've run the show over now, so John's going to go to bed even later. I didn't time that well, sorry. Um, okay. But if you'd like to get in touch with us before 2016 kills us, I'm starting to believe that George R.R. R. Martin, as mean as it is to him, is directing the year 2016. Uh, we have a ton of ways you can do that. First off, it's our Facebook. It's uh, WonderPod Online. All one word, WonderPod Online. Shoot us a friend request. We'll accept it. You can become part of what we jokingly refer to as the Silent Army. We have a website. It's wonderpotonline.com. Wonderpotonline.com. I post the podcast there, amongst other things, so give it a look. And the cool thing about the podcast post is I post it with an embedded player. A rarity these days, but I like them, and gives you another option to listen to the show if you want. And if you're into downloads like most people are, we're on iTunes and archive.org. Just search WonderPod uh, at archive.org. It is important to note our entire catalog, everything that WonderPod has ever done, <laughs> is there. Uh, iTunes sometimes cuts it off for people. YouTube channels. We've got the WonderPod Online YouTube channel. The Glacinator YouTube channel. I think that's what his channel's called. I've been saying it for months. He's never corrected me. Um, my YouTube channel. The What Chris Does YouTube channel. The Olivia Made This YouTube channel, our two good friends, the Three Six Wee YouTube channel, good old Pat Man, and a bunch of others. If you start scrumming around, you'll find everything that's connected to WonderPod. Uh, we have a Twitter account, it's at WonderPod Online, all one word, at WonderPod Online. And if none of that works for you, we have an email address. It's WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm actually getting more active these days, I'm kind of getting into it. Finally, O N O R I G I M, or you can follow John on Twitter at John Kehoe, J O N K E H O E. Yeah, I joined in 2008. You think I'd figure it out sooner or later? <laughs> Until episode 295, which will be a live show. John and I are going to entertain you on Twitch, mostly because I've got enough video video back catalog now that I can run in the background. <laughs> I'm out of here. See you, people.
Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>